Did you know that Illinois is facing a critically low blood supply shortage and really needs donors? And joining us right now is an expert that can talk about why and exactly what you can do to help. Emily Alanis, she's the regional manager, donor recruitment at Versity Blood Center of Illinois. Well, Emily, I just, uh, this is a scary statistic right now. It really is, because I think what a lot of people don't realize is while we get blood um, in the lab at a hospital like we would many other medications, it's not something we can call up the lab and say, hey, we have a shortage right now. Please uh, work overtime and add some more. It really does take one donor putting out their arm, giving us 45 minutes and making that life-saving donation to a patient in need. And behind the scenes, there's all sorts of testing and safety uh, processes that we have in place. So really, it's the donors today donating that will help patients two to five days from now. So unfortunately, a lot of people realize, hey, blood donation is a good thing when they're in that moment that someone they know was in a car accident or had birth complications and needs blood. But thinking about it in that moment is almost too late because the blood already has to be on the shelf and ready to go to help someone in need. Well, before we get into more of the specifics, Emily, I know that for you, um, there's a very um, personal reason why this is uh, something you feel passionate about. Absolutely. So it started as a fun day out of class for me in high school has uh, truly turned into a lifestyle. And I've been thankful to be working with blood centers for the last 10 years, but two years ago uh, when I gave birth to my son, we uh, got to the hospital and realized there were some issues with my platelet count, and um, it was low enough that, say, I were to trip down the stairs, my body would not have clotted and formed bruises like a normal person, and I could have actually bled out, and unfortunately, uh, being pregnant meant my antibodies were giving that to my baby as well, so uh, we had an emergency C-section, and both of us actually had to use blood products to save our lives. What's crazy to me is, um, you know, 50 years ago, we didn't have the science we do now, and Mm -hmm. it could have been falling down the stairs, and that would have been it. But uh, two platelet transfusions later, we're both doing great, and I don't have to worry about that on a daily basis. Oh, my goodness. Thank goodness that both of you uh, got through that, you got what you needed, and that you're both doing so well now. Um, We're going to talk a lot more um, with Emily from Versity Blood Center of Illinois, formerly Heartland Blood Centers, and she's going to be telling us uh, the ins and outs of what we need to do if we want to donate blood and why it's so critically important right now. All that coming up with Emily. Emily Alanis is with us, uh, and she is the regional manager of donor recruitment at Versity Blood Center of Illinois, formerly known as Heartland Blood Centers. And Emily, you just shared a um, a harrowing story, but one that had a happy ending about giving birth to your son. But you also had another recent uh, incident in your family that made you even more passionate about making sure that plenty of people donate blood. Yeah, so this fall, um, my dad received a liver transplant, and so it really came twofold. That one, uh, while we're alive, blood donations are so important, and that um, he couldn't have received that transplant without uh, donations of blood throughout that surgery to uh, transition the organ. But also, when we are done with our organs, making sure that we have registered uh, to be an organ donor is just truly something I have become so passionate about. 
because honestly, watching a year time frame of my dad fight cancer, mm-hmm. oh uh, we were able to give him blood products to sustain life, but you're really watching someone you love somewhat wither away. And uh, so to know as it was getting worse that we finally got that call that he had a match they were going through with the surgery. And I, again, it was a time frame for us where we were somewhat struggling with our supply, not as bad as we are today, mm-hmm. but bad enough that I was having extra calls at work to make sure we uh, were aware of the situation and working on it. And so, unfortunately, here I am at 11 o'clock at night as he's about to get his surgery, talking to the surgeon, do you have enough blood? Is this okay? Mm-hmm. Is, is this blood type on the shelves? And so it really sticks out to me now that I don't want anyone else who is receiving one of the best gifts you can ever get in your life, having to worry if they could actually do this once-in-a-lifetime surgery because do they have the blood products to make it happen. Oh, my goodness. And how's your father doing now? He's good. I can tell you I have two grands. He has two grandsons, my boys, who are absolutely thankful for all the donors that are out there because we are living life again, obviously. Uh, Current circumstances mean we can't hug all over Grandpa like we'd like to, but there are lots of virtual hugs and calls, and it's just amazing the difference six months can make. Well, you are definitely living your passion. I know that uh, work is definitely not a job for you because you truly believe that this is incredibly important and you've lived it um, throughout your family. Tell us, I mean, I think I know why, but tell us why, um, you know, there's such a critical shortage right now during this pandemic. So COVID has truly been a roller coaster for the blood supply. So um, I can tell the audience that on March 17th, when the national emergency was called, everybody was calling our phones, canceling their upcoming mobile blood drives. And unfortunately, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is while we have donor centers in our community, they only have the capacity to collect about 50% of what we need. And it's really mobile drives that is a blood drive we set up at a church or a mm-hmm. school or a business counts for the other 50% percent of blood that we're promising to our hospitals that will be able to come through for their patients. And uh, when everything shut down, so did their blood drives. And so uh, we had to quickly act for two weeks and tell everybody, no, 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 we're essential health care. We are approved through the Illinois Public Health Department to mm-hmm. continue blood drives. And we're still struggling because although we have the governor's approval, the Surgeon General's approval, the Illinois um, Health Department's approval, there's still a lot of people that have unknown fears right now and aren't sure they're comfortable opening their doors. So my biggest message is that I need people to realize that we can't do it without these community sites and locations to bring donors because our donor centers just truly can't handle the needs of our local hospitals. Mm-hmm. Right not- now we're also seeing that surgeries were postponed, right? Our hospitals mm-hmm. took a break for about three months from doing elective and non-emergency surgeries. Well, we're back to a place where they can do those right now. And so Blood is required for a lot of those surgeries, so the need has gone way up uh, quicker than we even anticipated it would. And Emily, I think there are two common misconceptions. I think one, I think a lot of folks think with all the advancements in technology that there is some type of perhaps substitute, and also that kind of once you give blood, it's kind of has a real long um, shelf-stable life. Yes. So uh, that question's come up a lot because we had great donor turnout for the last two weeks of March and the first week of April. And I've had a lot of people tell me, well, you had record numbers of people come in and first-time donors. Unfortunately, the blood only lasts for 42 days. So while we had a wonderful 42 days there, that blood is long gone. And it's not something that we can keep on the shelves or freeze forever and bring back when we need it. So um, it's definitely something that has a constant need and we have to keep replenishing 
those um, donations and that cycle. The good news is while blood lasts for 42 days, Patient or donors can donate every 56. So oh. uh, you can donate up to six times a year. We, on average, see each donor 1.2 times per year. And the craziest thing to me is that we only see 5% of the population each year donating blood in the U.S. So for all of the patients in the hospital, we're counting on 5% of people to step up to help make sure that they have that important blood on the shelves. And currently, despite all the advancements in technology that we see in the medical field, there's no replacement, right, for human blood? No. So there, you can do different things with iron and that, but there's no substitute for human blood. So, um, And specifically, too, we know there's eight types of blood, mm-hmm. and so there's specific types like O negative. That is a universal, and we can use it in an emergency situation when we don't know someone's blood type, or O pos, which is the most common type of blood in um the human race. So there's just different types of blood, too, that just have critical importance that we need lots of different donors coming in the door. And um, you mentioned, you're mentioning lots of different donors, but in particular, you also need diverse donors, too, right? Correct. So one thing that we are really proud to see is that as innovation in healthcare has come a long way, so does our understanding of the need for genetically similar blood donors. There are Uh, diseases like sickle cell that it is better for a patient to receive blood from someone who has a similar genetic background. So unfortunately in the U.S., over 100,000 people have sickle cell disease and that 8% of the African American population um, is estimated to have sickle cell and the treatment for that right now is really regular blood transfusions and if we have to give blood that's not necessarily a genetic match, it can mm-hmm. hurt the patient in the long run with uh, rejection and things like that in their treatment. Okay. Um, and how are you, you know, how are you ensuring, I mean, just in case someone is listening and they're like, oh my goodness, but you know, yeah, everything's going on right now. I, I want to ensure that I feel really safe that when I'm giving blood, how do you ensure and, and you know, kind of reinforce that this is a safe yeah. process? So the number one thing I like to tell people is we are highly regulated. And so we are FDA regulated are down to every process we're doing with a donor and a patient. Um, safety is our number one priority. So outside of the regular high standards of cleanliness and process that we have, we've um, started extra cleanings, extra temperature checks. We do that before you even start the process now where we used to do it when you got to our uh, screening area. We're asking for hand washing as you enter the blood donation site. We're having both our staff and all donors wear masks. So um, the other important thing that I think everybody should be aware of is now and previously, our number one question before you start the blood donation process is, are you feeling well and healthy today? Mm -hmm. So as much as we're in need right now, we need to make sure those that are coming in to donate are feeling at their absolute best because we don't want to pass anything on to a patient that's already in a critical state. Mm-hmm. And and then um, and if you are planning to donate, you do need to wear a mask, right? Yep. So we do need everyone to wear a mask. Um, there are points where when you're having your snack and things like that, we do have our process uh, completely spaced six feet apart. So we have moments where it is safe to take your mask off. But throughout the process, we're requiring masks for the safety of both um, our staff and the, or the donors coming through the door. Okay. And um, I just want to reiterate this because um, I, this was pretty... Um, this astonished me when you said that and because your job is you kind of set up all of these 
local community blood drives. And, and, you know, like you said, those are usually at community centers or at the office, at a business. Uh, it could be at school or church. And you say that accounts for how much of uh, the blood that you guys get? Over 50 to 60 percent each year comes in through mobile blood drives. So um, it's been really tough as we have continued to see cancellations. I can tell you just in July alone, we had three more sites that were unable to continue their regular scheduled blood drive. Uh, schools and businesses account for about 50% of our mobile collection that we do each year. Okay. So we've had to kind of rewrite the playbook, if you will. And um, we've heavily counted on our community centers, um, schools opening up for community blood drives, and really our churches. But mm-hmm. um, what I find is that they're, the best way for us to start a new blood drive is to, to have someone that's interested in it. Go to their leadership or go to their church committee and say, let's do this. Because this is essential and this is approved, right? It absolutely is. And how many blood drives have been canceled so far since COVID-19 started for you guys? We've lost over 4,000 blood drives on our calendar. Okay. All right. So if someone wants to donate right now, so if if you're listening and you think your church or your uh, company or um, your community um, center, whatever you're involved with, can hold a blood drive, they should get in touch with you. Right, Emily? Absolutely. And even if it's just donating blood, I always say there's two great ways to help. One, each donation helps save up to three lives. And so we love individual donors who are willing to come out to mobile drives or to centers, whatever works for them. But to make that bigger impact, if you think about each single donor saving three lives, our average blood drive collects 20 units. So one person going back to their group and asking them to host a blood drive could help 60 lives in one day. Okay. And what if you just yourself want to get in touch with Versity and uh, donate blood? What do you do? Yep. You can either call 1-800-72-GIVE or you can go to Versity, which is V-E-R-S-I-T-I dot org. And you can go backslash Illinois and it'll take you right to our page. Okay. And then, of course, um, you just wanted to reiterate, especially if, um, you know, you have, um, you know, if you... Um, Especially if you feel like you're part of a diverse population group, you should definitely consider giving blood. Absolutely. And how I look at it is we peer pressure ourselves to do all sorts of things every day. I need some more people peer pressuring their peers that yeah. this is a thing we all have to do. We all, it's, you know, it's a needle, right? I don't pretend that this is a walk in the park. Right. Uh, we are asking you to put a needle in your arm. Yeah. But thinking about, I, I always look at it as if I'm a cancer patient in the hospital, right. I don't like needles either. And I have to do that to keep my yeah. life going. Absolutely. And you mentioned one out of seven people entering the hospital will need blood. And as you mentioned, those are cancer patients. Those are blood disorder transfusion treatments um, for folks that have sickle cell, as you mentioned, or hemophilia, uh, birth and delivery complications, which you experienced yourself. Um, And then, of course, accident and trauma and organ transplants. So definitely, definitely lots of people, one out of seven entering the hospital will need blood. So hopefully you will be able to donate and go to Versity to sign up or maybe sign up your church or community group or business as well. Thank you so much, Emily, for being with us. Really appreciate you. Thank you, and you guys have a great night. I really appreciate everybody out there, and stay well. Yes, thank you so much for taking the time. Emily Alanis, she's the Regional Manager, Donor Recruitment at Versity Blood Center of Illinois.